This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth Driver. With a red carbon face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. Welcome to the Carbon Age. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Good morning, Toronto. Anywhere else in the great nation of Canada, you're listening to Golf Talk Canada this morning, whether it be on the iHeartRadio app, 10 TSN 1050. In the home office of Toronto, we've got Weeks, Scully, Zacchino. We're all with you. Uh, busy show. Aaron Cockrell, who got it, almost got it done last week on the DP World Tour, his second top three within the last couple of months. It's a Canadian name you might need to get familiar with. Bob went one-on-one with Aaron. We're going to hear that interview. Caddy Time, new sponsor here on Golf Talk Canada, and a really unique program uh, launching north of the border, uh, connecting golfers with caddies, similar to Uber with cars and travelers. Uh, We have an interview on that coming up to you. We're going to preview the Wells Fargo. Rory's back. TPC Avenue, that's where I'm headed on Wednesday uh, for uh, an event that is usually in Charlotte at Quail Hollow, but because of Quail Hollow hosting the President's Cup this year, it's going to move to TPC Avenue in uh, just outside D.C., so looking forward to that. Of course, winners were to what? We'll get you caught up on leaderboards around the world of golf. John Rahm back in the winner's circle. It was sloppy, but he got it done. We'll get to all of it, but good morning, boys. Uh, Bob, did I see you? At the, uh, were you Mississauga Marathon this weekend? I was. I was. Uh, I was not participating. I'm a little. Inj- I'm injured from my running uh, duties so far, at the, or at the moment, I should say. But I was the race announcer for both the 5K on Saturday, and the marathon and half marathon on Sunday morning. And um, Saturday was beautiful. It was a nice day to run. Sunday was not so much. There was a lot of uh, a lot of wind. A lot of cool. Um, and some rain, I think, as they uh, got about halfway through. But uh, you know, the coolest thing I got, and I've got to say this was, I got to uh, I got to spend a little time with Hazel McCallion, who was the longtime mayor of Mississauga. She is a hundred and one, and she grabbed the microphone from me and gave a talk to all the people who were ready to run, talking about how great fitness is, and you got to stay fit and keep active and. Uh, man, I thought she was going to jump o- over the barrier and uh, and run the 5K at one point. She was so excited. Did she it's almost amazing. pull? Did almost pull a Gary player on you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Except she's like 25 years older or 20 years older than Gary, which is amazing in itself, isn't it? Quite and, something. And anyway, we, we had a good time and good some some good running and some good finishing times. And we had a good time Friday night too. We, uh, you and I, took Golf Talk Canada on the road to the Toronto Hunt Club along with our friends Ralph Bauer and Lawrence Applebaum, and did uh, a speaking engagement and a dinner. And, uh, boy, that, that was just a, a real cool, casual night, great conversation. I, I, thought, it worked, uh, I thought it worked well. I think, uh, I think you and I might have to reach out to, I don't know, Coldplay or somebody, thinking if they want to <laughs> open for us. And, and you and I, this is the new headliner. What do you think? I think so. Maybe, uh, maybe the next one, Scully, can come along. And uh, we'll get some roadies to pack our gear and travel back and forth. But uh, yeah, no. Uh, and you know what? Let's let's honestly let's reach out if you if your golf club wants to uh, host a golf talk Canada live evening, you can give us a shout and we'll contact us and we'll set it up. It was a really fun night. Lots of good questions from the audience and uh, lots of good faces, familiar faces that I haven't seen for uh, a little while from thanks to COVID. But 
a good night was had by all, I think. And Scully, speaking of you, I know you couldn't make it Friday night, but the next time, not only you know to add you to the panel, but you know, never hurts to have six foot five chiseled muscle as security with you at all times, <laughs> right? Right, Skull? Of course. And you know, I noticed you guys had the suit and tie on, and you, you know me. Sometimes the suit and ties are a little tighter than most, so yeah, I, I'd be there just standing with my arms crossed and, and ready to rock. But no, it looked like a great event with uh, friends of the show. Uh, Lawrence Applebaum and uh, Ralph Bauer, who's got a couple of great apps out there right now. So, yeah, it looked like a great night, guys. It was amazing. Ralph was talking a little bit about the technology behind the app and some of the pros, uh, PGA Tour pros that are out there, and they, they want to challenge the app and go toe-to-toe. And so far, the app is undefeated <laughs> against, the, <laughs> against the Tour Pro. Uh, and J.J. Spawn, the coolest uh, story as of late, right? He He just went to the app. He was... Asking Ralph about it, poking around, started using the app, and then goes out and wins his first ever event on the on the PGA Tour. So, pretty cool story there. If there's if you're ever looking for an endorsement on something, I guess that would be it, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I'm going to say before we jump into news and headlines here, guys, I started the stack system. Do you guys know what the stack training system is? Uh, Have you heard of that? I have a I have a thought in my mind, but I won't say it. I, I feel I, I I feel like you gave us an overview. Was that last week, Mark, or maybe that was to me off camera? I it all. Yeah, I think I think you and I talked about it off camera. We're gonna get into yeah. it, and we're gonna take a deep dive. And this is nothing else other to do than I wanted to. I started that speed training two years ago, and it screwed me up, and I bailed on it right away. So this is a a, a, a version of that, but it's a much smarter version based in biomechanics, which I, I brought up to you, Adam, because I know you've, obviously, last week we had an interview and we've, we've done some diving into that. And I started, and I've got some insanely crazy results in a week. Really? And I can't believe it. In, an, in a week, in one week. Now, there's two things going on here, the training, and I think, you know, your golf muscles start to warm up and get in shape because you've been hitting balls and you've been getting ready for the spring. So these two things are probably uh, coinciding. As But I can't believe... The results in seven days absolutely shocked so we're gonna we'll get into this in the next few weeks but i want to give you guys a teaser because i'm going to stay on it i'm going to press for two weeks and then we're going to and then we're going to unveil what, what happened in like a three-week period and see see what uh, the trajectory is 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 all about so we'll see so um, we got that come for you but busy show let's get jump into it let's get to some news and some headlines news and headlines are brought to you by sandbagger hard seltzer sandbagger everybody knows one bob i'll say it once i'll say it again uh i'm never really listening uh to a uh tiger woods presser ever again well i'll listen to it but i'll cre- i'll consider it fiction because i enjoy fiction just as much as i enjoy uh factual uh you know documentary based whether it be reading or or viewing i also enjoy my fiction i'm a huge bond fan so why not a tiger woods presser uh, because that's what a Tiger Woods press conference has become, uh, complete fiction, and, which is great because now we know that when he says, I don't know what's going on and I can't play, we know he will be on a scouting mission at the next month's major. Well, he wasn't really lying to us. He just wasn't giving us all the information. So there's a difference there, but you're right. Obfuscation. Yeah, if we saw Tiger uh, jetting down to uh, Southern Hills en route to his Tiger Jam in Las Vegas, made a little pit stop. Played 18 holes with the club professional as his caddy. He had Rob McNamara, his uh, one of his 
work buddies and pals who he has with him all the time also playing along. And apparently reports are that he took great notes, you know, lots of detail, looked for the lines off the tees. The course has been altered recently mm-hmm. by Gil Hance, and uh, it's a little different than the course Tiger played <laughs> a number of years ago, the last time the tournament was around at Southern Hills. So I guess he was getting some new information, and we'll see if it uh, pays off. But you've got to think right now that all indications are he will be teeing it up in Southern Hills in a couple of weeks. Scully, the uh, quotes were, this trip was all business, in quotations, and that he looked exceptionally smooth, tee to green, through the bag, uh, rhythmic, um, and yet still had uh, some pop in the bat off the tee, which we've seen. So, you know, do, do you anticipate a better version of Tiger when we get to the PGA than we saw at Augusta? And and, and an upward you know, swing in terms of improvement in health? Or do you think we see something similar to what we saw at Augusta? I mean, I would think we would see definitely some sort of progression, A, knocking off some competitive rust, you know, playing in his first tournament and however long playing in the Masters last month. And, you know, going to the walk itself, obviously the walk at Southern Hills isn't quite the same as Augusta National, which is incredibly undulating and very challenging on the body. I think as well that the temperature should be a lot warmer. I know it was very cold at Augusta National. AA for to Tiger to walk it for his back, too, because obviously the back is still a major issue uh, for Tiger Woods. So, uh, But, like, looking at all those swings that came out, on that video last Wednesday or Thursday when, when those videos were released, the swing looks very smooth. It looks very similar to what it did pre pre car accident, really. It's very, very fluid. Obviously, you know, there's a bit of a, you know, uh, on his right leg when he's p- pushing through. You can see sometimes he's pushing that right leg forward. And uh, so anybody, he's shaping it both ways off the tee. I'm expecting Tiger to make the cut. And, I mean, I, I don't want to get the hype machine going here too early. I, I know for, you know, all of our TSN Edge uh, listeners and viewers out there, he was 50 to 1 to win the Open Championship in a couple months from now. I haven't seen a number yet for the PGA Championship, but if it's somewhere around 50 to 1, I mean, that's an automatic go. Come on. <laughs> Scully's all over it. Life savings. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also, boys, uh, Bryson. Bob, this was weird. Did you see the images that Bryson put out on social media with the stitches across the palm? Scully, did you see that? And yet he goes, so I was. I, 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 I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but he, he kind of alluded to the fact that I'm just able to hold a golf club, and then he sends out images of him hitting balls. Does this guy not want to give himself ever a chance to heal, Bob? I don't know. I mean, I guess the doctor has given him the okay to try and hit a few shots, or he's breaking doctor's orders, but you got to think that the best thing would be sort of rest and rehab and let that thing fix up a bit, but I guess he's obviously on some kind of a course to to get back in time for the pga championship i can't see any way with that scar that that he showed that uh, he'd be ready to hit a golf ball so i gotta think his next target is going to be the u.s open like i mean that hand's got to be raw adam it looked horrible and he said it hurt to hold the club and then there he's hitting balls it doesn't make sense to me of course of course it hurt to hit the ball no kidding i mean like for all of us weekend hackers out there if you get a blister it hurts to hold a golf club but albeit a, a pretty big scar in the middle of your hand i mean for Bryson, maybe he's, you know, back when, you know, Tiger was in his heyday and tried coming back from things so fast, so fast, he was just so stubborn and had a mission to go play. Maybe Bryson's on that same wavelength. But if I if I were his doctor, which I'm clearly not, 
I you know I would say you know calm down a little bit. Maybe the PGA Championship isn't where you should make your return. Try for the U.S. Open, the Open Championship. You'll have much more golf to play in your career. But that scar is certainly gnarly, to say, to say the least. You're not a doctor, Adam, but you have played one on radio, so that's close. Multiple so we times, will give yeah. you a, a medical journal points for that. Uh, those those moments. Okay, on the other side. John Rahm, back in the winner's circle, 64, 66, 68, 69 are the four rounds in Mexico. Two of those rounds, though, gentlemen, I mean, putting with a blindfold. Gave away shots to the field and strokes game putting on two days. He won this golf tournament. I don't want to say, I didn't, listen, I did not work this event. I didn't consume every hole, every hour like I do on weeks I'm working. But from what I saw... I mean, it didn't look like a sharp performance from John Rahm, yet he wins. Now, Bob and I both had him in our TSN edge picks this week, so we grab a winner. But I think, I don't want to speak on behalf of Bob, but, I mean, the reason I took him is he was clearly the class of this field, and he should have won this golf tournament. So I don't know if this, how much this means when one of the best players in the world goes out and kind of does what they were supposed to do. It's a bit of a layup. We'll get into it on the other side. We'll hear from John Rahm. It's his seventh PGA Tour win at the Mexico Open. We'll do it next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade. TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth Driver with a red carbon face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. Welcome to the Carbon Age. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to find affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit caddytime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, Zucchino Scully Weeks, as we break down everything in the world of golf including the Mexico Open. It was a new venue, a new location. Uh, this event, over the last several years, was the World Golf Championships Mexico Championship, which happened at uh, Chapultepec Golf Club in Mexico City. I actually really enjoyed this tournament when it was in Mexico City. Bob, I always remember, uh, you know, I had a chance to cover it a couple times for radio, but what I always liked, Bob, was the fact that we were playing it at something crazy like 8,000 feet or 10,000 feet above sea level. So it was one of those events where, you know, the guys each week were uh, trying to figure out their yardages, trying to, you know, hey, we had uh, pitching wedges going 190 yards, etc. I thought it was a unique stop, so I liked it. Uh, but uh, this will be the first time it was played over at, at Vallarta Golf Course, which from a weather perspective this time of year, absolutely perfect, right? Dry and sunshine, etc. Uh, I teed up the John Rom win for us on the other side, and I thought it was a no-brainer. Why, why did you go with Rom? Was it, were you in the same lane as me, where you're like, "Hey, he should win this golf tournament"? I mean, that's what best players in the world do when they're playing weak fields. Is that where your head was at? Uh, yes, and I just want to start off by saying the reason you liked it at the other place was because you liked to sing Chapultepec. Everybody <laughs> likes to sing Chapultepec. It's like the Seinfeld episode with salsa. Uh, but I think, <laughs> I honestly think that the, yeah, he was the class of the field. And I honestly think this is about the, the worst score he could have posted 17 under when you saw some of the putts that he missed going, you know, as recently back as the 17th hole on 
on Sunday from about six feet or so. I think that part of his game has been kind of glaring this year, and I don't know if he'd get away with that. Let's say if he was, he's not playing this week, by the way, at Wells Fargo, but let's say if it was uh, of deeper field with more competition, not to take anything away from the Kirk Kitayamas and the <laughs> Dylan Woos and all the, the the other players who were there very close, but this wasn't the real, this wasn't a major championship, and I'm not sure if he'll escape without a better putting performance when he gets to uh, Southern Hills. Well, I'm with you a thousand percent, Bob, and, and I, I hate talking like this because a win's a win. But, you know, a lot of the headlines this morning are, are Rom answers his critics or silences his critics. And for me, Rom didn't do any of that. Now, Ron showed how good a player he is, a world-class player, the fact that he won a golf tournament on the PGA Tour without his A game. But the glaring issues that have been there for the last six months are still there as far as I'm concerned. Adam, do you feel the same way, or do you think Bob and I are you know, not giving enough credit for a Rom victory here? I mean, for Rom, this is where, you know, he had that stretch early in the season, right, early in 2022, you know, the second at Century where he played unbelievable golf and just got beat by a better, play, better performance that week historically with Cam Smith. Uh, American Express T14, Farmers Insurance T3, WM Phoenix Open T10. In those final three starts I mentioned, he clearly didn't have his A game. But I know the conversation on our show and when we were doing our edge picks during that time was, this is a guy who's competing with his B game and doing well. I just think this week he also had his B game. The field just wasn't very good. So as Bob said, 17 under is probably the worst Rom could have shot this past weekend at the Mexico Open, but I do think winning gives you confidence. And for a guy who was looking for that first victory since the U.S. Open last year, I wouldn't be surprised if John Rom's again in the mix at the PGA Championship has a good chance to defend his title at the U.S. Open in a couple of months or in a month and a half or so uh, from now. But for Rom, you know, he's leading the PGA Tour in greens and regulation. His putting stats are far worse, so this is a guy who won with a wonky putter this past week. If that putter ever gets hot, look out. Well, I, I, I don't think he won't contend in those majors because I believe when we get to those types of golf tournaments, you know, the ball striking becomes more important. Uh, it doesn't become a putting contest. Now, you can't win majors without being a good putter, but I, I'm talking about in terms of the sense that it's not a putt-a-thon, so his ball striking will always keep in, him in contention in hard golf tournaments, so I anticipate that, but I, but we will see. But I've got another spin on this, too. Before we get to that, uh, let's hear from John Rahm, the 2022 Mexico Open champion. I know I could get it done, and uh, I came this week wanting to do it, uh, I've spoken in length about the importance of Sebi and his impact in the game of golf and how, you know, I play because of him. And nowadays, you know, we have a much bigger reach. The PJ Tour becoming a bigger tour. And with social media, we're worldwide stars bigger than, than they were in the past. And I feel like I can make some impact in Mexico as well. And Mexico deserves a good event. And you can even see golf growing in, in Mexico as well. So it's a true honor to be able to come here and in this first edition of the event to be, be the champion. Uh, it was a wonderful week. It's a wonderful resort for anybody watching here that is doubting about play. And I say come because just coming to the resort is, is is just worth it. And the golf course, it's a lengthy golf course and it's in pristine shape. So um, it's a highly recommended week in my book. Uh, I'll be back, obviously. And, you know, it feels good to get this first win done. Uh, early on the season, I had a couple chances and I couldn't close it out. And today was a battle, but, but I got it done. 
and he got he did get it done. It was a battle to close it out, and and we articulated why. Uh, and I I'm with Bob and Adam on this. This is probably the highest score he could have shot. He should have been 24, 25 under, in all likelihood at the end of this golf tournament. But Adam brought up a good point, Bob. You know, winning obviously breeds confidence. So who knows what this will do for Rom? If he remembers the win versus the lag putting issues, the short misses, etc., we'll see what it does. But you know, people. Some people have asked me about the you know Scotty Scheffler. Like, how did this happen? Where did this come from? And and I like to talk about obviously 2020 Rookie of the Year, 2021 challenged in high profile events, one undefeated at the Ryder Cup. Those are stepping stones. This did not happen from nowhere. But how do you get to number one? It was you know if you're asking that question. This guy's closed everything he's had a chance to close. It's the opposite of Rob. I mean, Scotty Scheffler doesn't have a lot of thirds this year. He doesn't have a lot of sevens this year. He's got a lot of Ws. It seems that when he gets a sniff of it, it's almost the opposite of Rob and Rory. Don't give him a sniff because he's going to close the door on a win. We saw it at Augusta. And to me, that's the opposite right now on how Scotty Scheffler gets to number one in the world. Yeah, John Rom. Believe it or not, this is the first time that he's held a 36-hole lead and gone on to win the tournament. So it's the seventh time and the seventh win for him. It's only the first six times when he was in that situation, he didn't have the 36-hole lead. But I do think that there's something between what, what we said and what Adam said, where if you win, you get a lot of confidence no matter how you play. And, and I think right now, John Rahm knows what he has to do to get a little bit better, and that's just sink a few more putts. So I'm sure he's been working on that, but at least now he's, he's got a strong enough game and if, that if he ever does increase his putting by, let's say, one shot around, one, one more putt around, uh, he could be un, unbeatable. All right, quickly, before we go to break, on the other side, we're going to hear from Aaron Cockrell, who finished third on the DP World Tour just two weeks ago, Canadian out there um, on the DP World Tour. It's his second top three, by the way, in the last couple of months. Bob had a chance to speak with him. Before we get to that, gents, I'll ask you both the same question. Does this performance change in any way your confidence level on John Rahm when we get to the PGA. So do you feel better about John Rahm, or are you exactly the same spot as you were before this? Bob, we'll go to you first. I feel a little bit better about him because I do think that he played better than I have seen him in a little while, even if the putter wasn't working. I feel more confident about him going into the PGA than I would have before this tournament. Adam, same to you. More confidence or same? I definitely have more confidence, you know, given given the stretch he has just gone through past couple of big events, T55 at the Players, T27 at that ma- at the Masters with the ugly uh, 77 on Saturday. Definitely more confidence with John Rum heading into the PGA Championship. I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the mix come Sunday afternoon. Ooh, there you go. I'm going to go the same guys. This does nothing for me at all. Um I'm not saying it's not nice to win. Uh, but John Rahm beating up on a Corn Ferry Tour field on a golf course where you can hit it anywhere? Mm, eh, I put it at the same. I hope he figures it out between the PGA and now. I do think he'll contend just because he is a great ball striker. I'm not saying that, but I, I, I mean, I don't feel any more confident about him like uh, contending with a Cameron Smith or a Scotty Scheffler or anybody like that at the moment. I just think they're playing too well, and, and this is not that, but we will see. On the other side, somebody playing where? Well, Aaron Cochran, Cockrell, excuse me, went on a one-on-one with Bob after his third-place finish in the DP World Tour just a few weeks ago. We'll do it next. This is Golf Talk Canada. 
This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Caddy Time, the Uber-like app that allows golfers across Canada to add affordable, qualified caddies to any round. Visit CaddyTime.com. Download the app or talk to your PGA professional today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zucchino, Weeks, Scully. Well, if you like the DP World Tour, and once in a while I like watching a little DP World Tour on the weekends, on a Saturday and Sunday mornings, a lazy one, which we don't get as often as we used to, but occasionally it happens. And You've probably bumped into a Canadian flag on the leaderboard this year with the name Aaron Cockrell beside it. Uh, in fact, just a couple of weeks ago, it was his second top three uh, this season, within a matter of months, he is marching up the chase, the race to Dubai points list. Unfortunately, a miscut this weekend, but that doesn't take away some of the uh, exceptional play he's had in 2022. Uh, a few weeks ago, after that top three, Bob had a chance to go one and one with Aaron Cockrell. And here from beautiful Spain is uh, Aaron Cockrell, who's coming off a great performance, coming off really a great start to the season for you. You got to feel good about uh, about the overall season, but uh, but let's just deal with um, with last week. Great chance to to get that victory, a very impressive third place finish. How does it how did it feel? Yeah, it was it was really fun week. I mean, I was in the last group on Sunday, which is kind of always where you want to be. Um, and that was the first time I had been in that position. I had been on a Saturday before, but not on a Sunday. So um, it was a very fun week. I, I played well, handled myself well. Um, one bad swing cost me two strokes on number 10, but I was able to have a pretty good bounce back after that, made three in a row. Uh, and Pablo just had a really good day. Uh, it's tough to win when only one guy can win out of 156 great players, but uh, give myself lots of chances. So let me get this straight. Now, you started this year with sort of mixed uh, status, I guess, a little bit of challenge, a little bit of the big tour. Where are you now after such a great start? Yeah, I, when I was starting this year, I wasn't really sure where I was going to be playing. Um, but with the with the good you know, results that I've had so far, there's a, a category that they add in a few weeks where it's uh, the top member not otherwise in. Um, so right now that would be me. So I'd be getting into a lot of the bigger events, which I was not planning on. Um, so the schedules changed around a little bit, I think, I hope. Um, but it's, it's obviously a good thing. And, and what do you attribute the good play to what's, uh, what's been the resurgence or what's, is there any part of your game that's, that's shining a little more than others or. Yeah, I was thinking about that today. I, I think I'm driving it probably a little longer and a little straighter. I mean, we're talking one more fairway around and a few more yards, but it adds up. Um, and I've, I've been putting pretty well in kind of that important five to 10 to 12 foot range. Um, that's where all the, you know, a lot of strokes are, are gained and lost. And, uh, I feel like I've been I think they call it the money range is, uh, but, uh, I think Lee Trevino used to call it that anyway, that's, uh, get, uh you know, this is now, I think, am I correct? Your fourth season over there, maybe third yeah, season. Yeah, I think 2019 was my first year on the Challenge Tour, and then I've played three seasons on the European Tour, I think. So you're grinding through. That's good. What For those of us over here who don't know a lot about the DP World Tour, I think we sort of think of it as 
you're you're wearing out your passport every week, changing countries, going to different places. What's life like for you on that tour in reality? It depends on what time of year it is almost. Like at, at the start of the year when the weather is cold in Europe, they have to go elsewhere. So we were in Africa and the Middle East, and that part is a little bit more difficult. Uh, now, last week was our first tournament back in Europe, and it's a lot easier. Like to to travel within Europe, it's like driving from Winnipeg to Regina. It feels like you know. So um, this week we had an hour and a half drive from one side of Barcelona to the other. Um, you know, London and and Belgium are next, and it's just it, it's pretty easy once you're within Europe. But when you are traveling to different countries, different languages, uh, does that? give you a sense of 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 how big the world is and and maybe how i don't want to say soft but how easy perhaps players at playing on the pga tour have it oh they they have it very easy i mean that like <laughs> i laugh when you hear some of them complaining about going from somewhere in florida to another place in florida or somewhere in california to another place in california when sometimes you're going from europe to asia over here um but yeah, so sometimes it's difficult. You know, I was trying to get groceries the other day and, you know, nobody's speaking any any English here. And just in the rural areas, English isn't, you know, as common all the time. Um, but for me, coming from a small town and, you know, not having too much experience traveling, um, it's it's been so fun. Like, I, I really try and make the most of it every time we go somewhere and enjoy the experience and, and soak in all the new cities that you're you're getting to explore. Brooks Kepka said that when he played on the Challenge Tour, he really kind of hardened him up um, for when he played on the PGA Tour. I know this is a long way off, and you're you're still sort of cutting your feet there. But what what is the ultimate goal? Is to get back and play in North America? You know, honestly, I'm pretty happy playing over here. Um, I, you know, there's there's an opportunity maybe to play in the Canadian Open in a few weeks' time, so I'll get a bit of a taste of that maybe, and maybe that will change my mind. But um, if you, if you have a good category over here and you're playing all the big events and with this new sponsorship, there's more money being pumped into the tour. Um, uh, it, it's a good place to play. And, and, and I enjoy coming over here and seeing all the new places. Um, but yeah, we'll see, we'll see if things might change. You never know. But for now, I'm enjoying it. So, so are you going to play, do you think, the Canadian Open? Have you made a decision yet on that yet or are you considering it? Yeah, I, I, I think I'm going to play. Um, I was a little uncertain previously as, you know, I, every, every start over here is important for me with, uh, you know, trying to keep a card or trying to get into the DP World Tour Championship. Um, but with a couple of good starts already, I think the card is pretty secure for next year. Um, so I think I can kind of afford to, to skip a week over here and play in the Canadian Open, which will, for me, be like a major, really. So. Yeah. Now, is is it is it unusual to be the only Canadian playing on the DP World Tour over there? Do you feel any sense of uh, I'm the lone guy out here? I don't know. Nobody to talk hockey with, or <laughs> what do you do? Yeah. No. I mean, so, some of the other countries in terms of hockey and stuff, a lot of the Scandinavian boys enjoy that talk, like the Swedish and Finnish guys. Um, so whenever I'm grouped with one of those, that usually comes up. Um, but when yeah, when you're traveling, you know, out away from the golf course everyone always thinks i'm american so i always carry around a backpack with a canadian flag and people are generally a lot nicer to you when they when they see that we were quick story on a, on a train uh last year just outside of paris and we were speaking you know me and my wife and um asked somebody something and basically said no english and uh, i saw the canadian flag we you know so, somehow canada came up and started speaking perfect english to us um so we are we are well liked 
for the most part across the world, which is good. All right. What's just to wrap up, what's, what's the goal for the rest of this season right now? Is it to make it to the race to Dubai and get to the end of the year or what's you have your eyes on? Yeah, I think that's, that's fair. Um, Considering this at the start of this year, I didn't know where I'd be playing and thought I'd be playing in challenge tour events to, potentially making it to the Ned Bank and the DP world, which are limited fields with bigger money at the end of the year. And now that's a realistic possibility is pretty exciting. And I think that's a pretty fair goal for the rest of the year. Well, congratulations. It's been an impressive, uh, impressive run so far. I hope you keep it up and uh, we'll be watching you over here. Awesome. Thank you. Bob, one-on-one with Aaron. And that's a cool interview, Bob. And a couple of things that leap out at me right away, which are funny, like, you know, I don't know why I'm playing better, but I'm hitting it longer and straighter and putting better from the money zone. Well, <laughs> I mean, if all of us start hitting it longer, straighter, and putting better, we're all going to play better. But um, something interesting that popped out there, when you asked him, what's the goal? Like, is the goal to come back to North America? And he was quick to say, this is a great place to play. I'm really happy here. The money's good. I'm loving it. So I'm not quite sure. that. Were you surprised at that answer? A little bit, but I think we can be somewhat naive in thinking that, you know, it's not a fun place to play, especially if you're a younger guy like he is. He's just recently been married. They're traveling the world, he and his wife, who often caddies for him, you know, and they're doing a number of uh, fun things and and seeing the world. So that might change if two or three years from now he's still over there and still seeing the same places. And now maybe you're, if you're playing well enough, your concern is let's, let's make a little bit more money then perhaps he comes back to the PGA Tour. But why not? I think, I think we kind of overlook the DP World Tour. And there's, you know, it's, ex, it's an expensive tour to get on because you've got to fly over there for the uh, Q schools. And there's, I think, two stages of it, if not three. So you've got to be able to willing to put some money up to get your status over there. And I was really trying to think of the last Canadian who played over there full time. And I think it's Jerry Anderson who was back in like the 1980s. So I don't know if there's been, I mean, Jim Rutledge played a little bit over there and Danny Miovic played a little bit over there. Mm-hmm. And there's been a few people, Stephen Ames played there before he got Canadian citizenship. But I, I kind of wonder a little bit why more Canadians don't go over there and, and try and uh, learn their game there. And, and who's the young player off the top of my head, Adam? I can't remember. Bob, you, you might remember. Austin Connolly. That's true. I forgot Thank about you. Austin Connolly. Austin Connolly, who made his way to, he actually qualified for the Open Championship, Adam, through his, I guess, what, season and a half, two solid seasons on what at the time was a European tour. Not only did he qualify, he contended. He played well at, at that Open Championship that year that Jordan Spieth went on to win. But as Bob was saying, it's for, for a younger guy, like if I was ever to try to be a professional golfer and I was 20 years old, it'd be a great thing to go over and go to Europe and see so many different countries and, and travel the world. And, and, and like, uh, like Aaron was saying, uh, you know, sort of tongue-in-cheek talking about how guys are complaining going from one part of Florida to another part of Florida, but here he is flying eight time zones across the world really to play in a, a different tournament every week so uh it's a great story from aaron cockrell looking forward to seeing him hopefully we get a chance to interview him again at the canadian open at st george's as well but th- this is just a great story overall yeah and there's something to be said and i, I know you know brooks kepka could probably speak to this amongst a few other players too there's something to be said about just getting tougher skin right they play especially on that challenge tour even more so than the dp world tour but you don't play golf in a dome every week, right? You, you, I mean, sometimes they play in, in just brutal conditions. 
They play. Uh, it's a tougher travel, as you as you outline and, and grinded. By the time you get to the PGA Tour, if that's the goal, I mean, I think you're a tougher player, prepared for more things than maybe someone who came up in Arizona and now finds themselves complaining about driving uh, from the Honda to the Valspar. You know, to to your point. So, and and I think the courses are can sometimes be a little suspect, especially on that Challenge Tour. And some of the locations they play on, like Estonia, and uh, I mean, they're they're not exactly top of the mind golf locations. And yet, when I've heard from some players who do play there, they say the courses are are really legit and there's good spots. So, but but you're right, the weather's not predictable, the courses aren't predictable. It's it hardens you up, it toughens you up as a professional golfer. Well, speaking about toughening you up and hardening you up, you know what doesn't harden you up? Brand new tailor made gear. That makes you soft, right? But soft in a good way because it just makes you better and you didn't have to do anything to get better. And we're going to give some more away during 20 Weeks TaylorMade. We'll bring it up on the other side let you know how you can win. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada's Aquino Week Scully. Skull's 20 Weeks of TaylorMade is continuing. Anyone who follows us at Golf Talk Canada, that is at Golf Talk Canada on Twitter and Instagram, and at TaylorMade Golf Canada on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us each week. Tag a friend. You have a chance at a weekly prize. We're giving away over $30,000 in prizing this year in 2022. The grand prize through the bag, custom set, tailor-made, top to bottom, woods, irons, wedges, putter, bag, you name it, and a trip for two to Casa de Campo in the Dominican Republic. The grand prize alone worth over $10,000. Adam, what are we giving away this week? Okay, so this week we are giving away two MG3 wedges from TaylorMade. So giving those away this week, I have to say, I've used a lot of wedges in my life. I have to, the, the MG3 wedge might be my favorite around the greens, out of the bunkers, pitch and runs. You can flight shots, you can spin shots, you can have flop shots, lob shots, the works. I used it during my rounds this weekend when I played in around 12 degrees and sunny. Mark, just around your cutoff point there, 12 degrees. Wasn't much wind as well on Saturday. This would have been your perfect day to play golf, Mark. I really think so. Your wedge game, when uh, you, Bob, and I played at La Costa in December, you were amazing with that little shot around the green. So uh, it's nice when you get comfortable with a club around the greens. It can it can uh, save a lot of uh, strokes, right, when you don't have to hit it perfect all the time or hit 15 greens in reg to post a good score. You can hit 12 or 13 greens and still post a good score. Uh, on the other side, we are going to preview the Wells Fargo Championship. Uh, we are going to hear uh, from uh, Brett Jaffe from uh, Caddy Time uh, about the new program being launched in Canada. We'll do winners, winners, was what lots to get to an hour or two. But I wanted to ask you guys a question. I mean, like last week, Zurich Classic in New Orleans. This week was Mexico Open. We're going to preview the Wells Fargo 
coming up an hour or two as well. The Wells Fargo at Quail Hollow used to be a, like an absolutely stacked field. Bob, the field's better than last week, but coming off the heels of Zurich, Mexico, and Wells Fargo, I mean, I feel like we're in a bit of a dead spot now in the calendar. This stretch is, I don't want to say it, but it feels like tournaments for the sake of tournaments at the moment. There's certainly a sense that a lot of guys are rejigging their schedule based on what's between the two majors or the next major. Do you want to play two weeks out and not play a week out? Do you want to play three weeks out? You know, how do you manage your calendar and get into there? And look, there's some of these tournaments are uh, creating quote unquote incentives for some players to show up. So it's not a surprise that some players show up at tournaments where you're going, hmm, I wonder why that guy's playing here. But I think. This part of the reason this year is that this tournament's not at Quail Hollow. I think a lot of guys love Quail Hollow, so they might have played if it was. Now I, th- I sense that they can take this week off. But I'm a little surprised because generally there's a lot of people who will play the week two weeks before a major, take a week off, and then play the major. doesn't seem that way as much this year with, with the field. That's, there's a few names lacking in there. Yeah, and you're right. It's uh, Rory is the defending champ, but uh, it's a typically Quail Hollow, which will host the President's Cup this year. Uh, TPC Potomac at Avenal Farm is is the host, just outside Washington D.C. So next week is the AT and T Byron Nelson at TPC Craig Ranch. So another venue that's kind of a little unfamiliar in the history of the Byron Nelson. It's the week before the PGA, so I don't know what to expect. Some guys like to play the week before a major. We will see what that field looks like. And then we're going to go Colonial, Hogan's Alley, which some, some guys play that. That is a mainstay. But then you're going to go Memorial, Canadian Open, U.S. Open. I mean, we so we go from, I think, a de- like for lack of a better term, a dead spot, Scully, into a place where, I mean, you could see some of the best players in the world play three or four weeks, four or five weeks, no problem. Yeah, consecutively, for sure. You know, for example, Scotty Scheffler, he's committed to the Byron Nelson next week. He'll play the PGA Championship. He's playing in the RBC Canadian Open. So we, we could see world number one, Scotty Scheffler, play, play a number of weeks in a row. Jordan Spieth is playing, I believe, next week at the Byron Nelson, coming off that victory a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, the PGA Championship and that pursuit of history. He's, he's played at Colonial historically, too. So like you mentioned, Mark, you know, a bit of a, a quiet spot in the schedule, per se. But now things are starting to ramp up leading you know, into the RBC Canadian Open, leading into the U.S. Open, and then probably another sort of lull in the schedule, perhaps, from the U.S. Open in and towards Canada Day into the Open Championship sort of thing before the FedEx Cup playoff. I, I've got to imagine the big, big winner, and, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but, but if you had to ask me one tournament this year that is the big winner of the rejigging of the schedule, for me, hands down, Scottish Open. I mean, to have a, a, a co-sanctioned event the week before the Open Championship to get acclimated to the weather, the time zone change, potential style of golf that you're going to play at the Open versus North America. Bob, for me, there's not even close Scottish Open. For you, is it Scottish Open or something else come to mind? Yeah, no, it's definitely the Scottish Open. I mean, think, I think next to the RBC Canadian Open, it might be the have the best field the week before a major on the calendar this year. So we'll see if if the guys do make the trip over there. I, I always think it's a smart idea for guys to get acclimatized, guy to, guys to play a little um, a little golf uh, in the Lynx style or certainly in the weather element style. Look what Colin Morikawa did last year. 
doing that. So it's so smart to try and get yourself uh, grounded, shall we say, before you uh, go over to the or go and tip it up at the Open Championship. Uh, Adam, anything else I'm missing, or is it just Scottish Open hands down? It's that easy. Top of mind, I believe Scottish Open is uh, the, the the biggest winner of the schedule at the RBC Canadian Open. And even if guys don't go over to play the Scottish Open before the Open Championship, guys just going over a week before to, to play some of the golf that's around the area, just to, like Bob was mentioning, get, get acclimatized to the different kind of golf, the different weather you see, like, you know, we saw... Uh, you know, last year with the Open Championship, where it was the real the Open Championship at Royal Portrush in Ireland, where many players were going around playing many different golf courses. I I was there. I played behind Jordan Spieth one round at, at Port Marnock a week before the Open. You hit into him all day, Adam. You hit into him all day. Jordan Spieth did take a breakfast ball on the first tee. I will say that. <laughs> Ah, I love it. All right, guys, I want to uh, ask you something, too, but I don't want your answer right now because we, we have to go to break. On the other side, uh, we're going to hear from our friends at Caddy Time, um, and we're going to tee up the Wells Fargo. Lots to get to, but I want you to think about something. Assuming Tiger Woods, I, I'll get you on the other side your answer, but assuming Tiger Woods plays four rounds of golf and does it fairly easily when it comes to health, as easy as this version of Tiger Woods can can do it. What are our chances, if any, which I'm curious if you say, because we're talking schedule, that we could see Tiger Woods at the Memorial, where he's won, what, eight times before. It's it's several weeks before the U.S. Open, smack dab between the two majors. Could we see Tiger get more reps? I want, want to get that feedback from you on the other side. On the other side, we'll talk a little caddy time. Exciting new program coming to Canada. Connects golfers to caddies. Keeps people walking. It's an interesting new program. We'll hear from Brett Jaffe on the other side, who is the co-founder and CEO. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by TaylorMade, was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada Hour 2. We still have winners, we're in what? We'll talk a little Wells Fargo, get you caught up on leaderboards. There was a lot of golf, Champions Tour, LPGA, PGA Tour, so lots to get to. But first, uh, we welcomed a new sponsor to Golf Talk Canada earlier this year. We haven't really talked about it much because it was a bit of a soft launch called Caddy Time. Caddy with a Y, C-A-D-D-Y, time. So caddytime.com. They've launched in seven countries and now in Canada, starting to get up off the ground. It's kind of a very interesting and unique program. Uh, are you someone who loves to walk but doesn't want to deal with your luggage, so to speak, right? Uh, when I go to Europe, I always play with a caddy. I always love to walk, and I let somebody else deal with my equipment. And, you know, back in the day, Bob, I mean, 
40, 50 years ago, you know, there was caddy programs all over Canada. A lot of them went away in Canada. There's a very, very, like only like one or two percent, maybe less uh, than one percent have caddy programs left in Canada. I know it's a little higher in the U.S. Um, did Weston have a caddy program when you were there uh, years ago? Yeah. Do they still Yeah, have for one? sure. I, I started caddying there at Weston. Uh, even though I was a member, I, I was caddying for quite a while. We used to have the uh, the caddy special at the halfway house, which was a Coke and a hot dog. Yeah. And I think if you were an A caddy, I'm going to date myself here, but I think it was like 325 you got for your round. And they usually upped it to five bucks for you. Plus the hot dog and the coke, and it was a great way. It was a great way to learn and a great way to um, to go around. I can remember actually one one time caddying in a group when Warren Sy was was playing in the group when he was uh, just about to go off to the University of Houston. Warren Sy, of course, was a two time Canadian amateur champion and member of the Golf Hall of Fame. So that was kind of fun to watch and see guys like that play. But it was a good way to uh, it was a good way to earn a little cash. And there was there was tons of kids around like going for caddy. Right, that they wanted it. They they uh, love grabbing a bag. Uh, Bayview, Adam, did they ever have one when you started there as a junior? Uh, not that I recall at Bayview. Maybe before I was at uh, before I was there. I actually personally did caddy for three summers at Rosedale uh, uh, during the morning. So uh, and it's it's a great way to 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 learn people skills as well because you're interacting with someone who you maybe haven't met before before that experience and and you know it's all about you know as a child or you know teenager growing up you know being polite with your manners giving good advice not trying to you know overstep sort of thing and, and just and just do the right thing on the golf course but it, it's a great experience to go out and caddy i've caddied in a couple of events uh for a buddy back at the national as well years ago so i haven't caddied for a number of years so i'd be a little rusty on, on the caddy front uh, actually, Mark, you know what? I did caddy for you at that Canadian Open. Yes, line. I remember that. And that I've ca- I'm trying to figure where I caddy. I've done it too, and I can't remember where I've done it. Well, I think I might have done it for our friend Dave Hempstead, my buddy mm. Dave at some point somewhere. I can't really remember. But anyway, I, what I find interesting is that uh, it kind of the way the caddy programs around the country just kind of vanished overnight again there are still a handful that still have have them but it's it's an interesting case study as to why they went away because to your point adam and bob it's a it's a great way for the back shop to make more money or uh, assistant pros in the pro shop who are you know starting their their career office professionals and aren't associate level or head pro level yet or things like that and um, it's just, it's good all around, keeps people walking. There's a lot of good benefits to it. So I'm curious as to why it went away. Anyway, caddy time is trying to bring caddies back to the culture of golf and doing it in a pretty unique way. Uh, they've created an app and it's like Uber in the sense that you want a car, you, you log into your app. It connects a car to a passenger. It drives you where you need to go. It's all done electronically. There's rating systems for the drivers. You can get, you know, a basic drive, uh, an SUV black car service. Well, what if that happened with a caddy? What if you wanted to bring out a caddy on a competitive round? Clients out to the golf course, member guests, or you're a member at a private club and you'd like to get someone from the back shop to maybe lug and loop for you. Well, I spoke to Brett Jaffe, the co-founder of Caddy Time, and uh, we spoke a little bit about this program now launching in Canada. Brett, thanks so much for taking the time to do this. Uh, Our listeners, our viewers that have uh, tuned in this year on Golf Talk Canada started to get familiar with Caddy Time. They've heard the ads. They've heard us talking about it casually, but now it's time to, to get going. The program has come to Canada 
exciting partnership recently announced with the PGA of Canada. So let's just start. What is Caddy Time? Caddy Time is Uber for caddies and golfers. It is a platform where golfers can now add a caddy to any round. And there are a lot of great reasons to add a caddy to your golf round. So if whether you're a member at a private club, whether you're going to play public golf, tournament, uh, hosting clients, this app that you download to your phone, which is active now, and we should mention it's Caddy Time with a Y, so it's C-A-D-D-Y time, and the app is live. You register the app, you open an account, you put where you're playing, and it connects you with a caddy in the area the way a car would be connected if I was looking to get a ride on Uber. That's exactly right, Mark. A golfer can indicate what kind of round they're having that day, whether it is a member guest or a competitive round or whether it's just a fun leisure round with their friends. And that gets put out there, and the caddies get to review that and then you know uh, respond accordingly. And then you get matched, and then caddy gets dispatched, and you have an enhanced golfing round. It really works beautifully. So you can decide whether you just want, you know, maybe someone like a kid from your back shop or somebody locally to just carry your bag because you want to walk, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of dealing with your gear. Or you could potentially have somebody there who knows the greens and might even be able to help your score, depending on, you know, maybe you're playing your buddy for a few bucks and you want somebody who knows the greens a little bit better than you. You can actually see that on the app. Yes, you can actually indicate exactly what your needs are. And as you mentioned, you know, a caddy can help you score better. They can't help you play better, but they can help you score better. And that uh, course knowledge is 100% transferable. And the freedom for you to be able to move on from your shot and not have to rake your trap and repair your divot and all the things that slow you down in your golf game you now can focus on your golf game. I understand this has been operating in other countries outside of Canada. So, you know, what's the feedback been? What's the response been in other parts of the world where Caddy Time's been operating? You know, obviously, Caddy Time hit a nerve, and, and the community was looking for an option to bring the caddy back. You know, caddies aren't available to 99.9% .9 of golfers. And now, so to answer your question, it has just exploded. We're in seven countries, four continents, where we're booking rounds in Spanish-speaking countries where the app is not even translated in Spanish. We are booking rounds in Arabic countries where the app is not translated in Arabic. And it's really just bringing golfers together with caddies who, you know, everybody wants to be there. And it's just a great, greater experience for the golfer, the caddy, and the golf course. I understand there's a partnership now with the PGA of Canada, and I understand from a golf course perspective why golf courses who don't have a caddy program, which is about 99% of the courses in Canada, would want this. Uh, it's an added service. It's an added benefit to the, to the consumer. It helps with pace of play. It can help with integrity to tournaments. Uh, certainly continuing the maintenance of the golf course you mentioned that make sure that, you know, ball marks are fixed and bunkers are raked. But to the consumer standpoint, I find this so interesting because there's so many different applications. You know, 
when I go to Europe, for example, Brett, I obviously walk. It's a walking golf community, but my back cannot handle carrying a golf bag anymore. And I hate pushing and pulling a cart, especially up dunes in Ireland and Scotland. It's just, so I love having a caddy. But from a North American perspective, it kind of goes beyond that in a sense because unfortunately we have become a cart riding society. I hope this helps us get around that. But for those who still take carts and play that type of golf, I mean, this is a four caddy as well. It doesn't have to be somebody looping your bag. Not at all. And and I, I am guilty of taking a caddy every time I ride as well. And if you think of the member guests and the member members and the, the two-man tournaments that take place all over Canada and, and the world, adding a caddy is a strategic advantage. You know, not only is it a great convenience and you're – you're guaranteeing that your time out there is going to be spent in a more valued way, but you're also giving your team a advantage against your opponents. And who doesn't want that? I'm out there to win and or at least try to win and have a good time. And, and the caddy supports both of those. All right. What about price? Can you give us an idea for people who are watching this interview right now? or listening to this interview, whether they're uh, tuning into Golf Talk Canada radio, they're going to go, they're going to download the app. What can they expect if they go to book a caddy, just a price range on what it would cost to add someone to their round? Basic booking price is $80 to book a caddy, and that can be split amongst the golfers. So 80 can be split two ways, three ways, four ways. And then they're going to tip the caddy at the end of the round, a suggested tip of 20 Canadian dollars per bag and that's as simple as it is so it really starts as you know somewhere between you know sixty dollars each if there's two of you to forty dollars each if there's four of you and that includes the tip and the app does all of the work uh, minus the tip obviously it gives you the suggested yeah. rate that you mentioned but the app handles the transaction connects the golfer to caddy does everything an uber app would do for an automobile um, before we let you go, I know the re- there's just recently the partnership with the PGA of Canada. So obviously this program is going to start to take off now in Canada. But prior to that announcement, prior to that partnership, how, you know, do we have caddies in Canada? Have people signed up for this? That's a great question. And, you know, we did just announce that PGA of Canada uh, partnership, and we couldn't be more excited about it. But prior to that announcement, we let the regions know we were coming. And and just that, it exploded across Canada as well. Canada is a golf-savvy, golf-thirsty community, and they really sought the app out. We have over 400 caddies already, and we just got started. Um, And these are scratch golfers. These are single-digit handicaps. These are people who know the game of golf who are willing to come out and loop on your bag. Well, we're excited to be a part of it to help spread the message because we t- well, we talk a lot about growing the game in Canada, but we don't talk a lot about growing job opportunities and places for people to work and people places to have extra money. And I know a lot of kids and a lot of people – you know, get out and they want to be a part of the PGA of Canada. They want to inject themselves into the golf community, and that's great. And then they realize very quickly there isn't a ton of amazing jobs out there, especially out of the gates. So this is an opportunity to get exercise, get invested in the game, 
have a good uh, job, like especially as a side job, if you're already a pro at a club or someone working in a back shop at a club. And from a consumer standpoint, Brent, I love it because I love the fact that it encourages people to get out and walking again. There's, there's a health benefit to golf. We saw that during the pandemic, people getting outside again and getting out there and getting some exercise. And not everybody, again, can handle their bag. And there's an enjoyment factor as well. I don't want to deal with, with the gear. I want someone else to de- deal with it. So, Brett, this is awesome. And thank we'll you watching this. We'll keep our eye on it, and we'll have you back later on in the summer. And I know there's a media event coming as well. So we'll keep our listeners and our viewers on top of Caddy Time. Again, it's Caddy Time, C-A-D-D-Y. That's caddy with a Y, caddytime.com is the website if you want to check it out and download the app. Brett, well, uh, congratulations. Good luck on the launch, and we'll uh, talk to you in a few months. Thank you, Mark. Great to see you again. Very cool to welcome Caddy Time to Canada. We'll uh, keep you up to date on that. I suggest you check it out. On the other side, we're going to check out the Wells Fargo. It's TPC Avenal. It's not at Quell Hollow this year. And is Rory McIlroy in exactly the same position this week than John Rahm was last week. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zakino Week Scully. It is the Wells Fargo Championship, a different venue. TPC Potomac at Avenel Farms, just outside Washington, D.C. Of course, Quell Hollow will host the President's Cup this year, so we have changed the venue. Rory McIlroy, the defending champion. And although this field is better than last week's, and it is, Tony Finau in the field coming off a of Sunday 63, Corey Connors in the field, and TPC Avenal guy is usually a ball striker's golf course. It has popped up on occasion over the years on the PGA Tour. The rough is usually thick. It's usually not a shootout. The scores are hard. So it's a tough golf course, tee to green, which certainly speaks to a Corey Connors who you know, wants to put value on greens and regulation and things of that nature and ball striking. So maybe Corey, not a bad pick this week, and we'll get to our edge picks, obviously, on TSN television this week. But, Bob, is Rory in a similar position as Rom was last week? The last time we saw Rory, he closed with a 64 at Augusta. He looked like he was going to set the world on fire. Of course, playing with house money with no pressure on a Sunday, completely kind of out of it when the day started. Does that carry forward? Is he in a spot now like John Rahm where he should win this golf tournament? Yeah, it's a little bit deeper than what they had last week, but these guys could play. We know that. There's always guys that you've maybe not considered in the field who show up, put a good round together. I mean, so many guys are good players now. I'm not 100% sure this is quite the same indication, but I think it'll be interesting to see what happens at the betting window because I think a lot of people will put some, some money on, uh, on, on Rory for this week. And I, I think, um, I think he's, he's the kind of guy who could play well around here if the putter goes with him, and he's sort of been hot and cold with that putter throughout most of the year looking at his stats. 
But there's, uh, it's you know, it's a hard golf course. It got remodeled. It used to be the home of the Kemper Open for many years. Mm-hmm. And I remember this. I did a story years ago on the with caddies, asking them the toughest course to walk, and this was top of the list for almost all of them. So it's a hilly course. Can be, and now it's undergone a lot of uh, changes since those days of the Kemper Open. And remember the Booz Allen that was used to be played at this yep, golf course Allen as classic. well. Uh, but I think uh, I think it's a tougher golf course now. If you look at recent scores from Champions Tour events and um, and uh, Corn Ferry Tour events, what they've had here. So the tougher the golf course, probably the more I like Rory McIlroy. So this is I think I think he's gonna he may appear in my edge hits on on uh, this week's. Um, this week's GTC television. And, of course, Bob coming off back-to-back wins on <laughs> TSN Edge as well, we should mention. Now, Adam, I kind of my feelings kind of echo Bob's statements, that this is a little different than last week with John Rahm. That this tournament, as well as this field, is just a little bit better where I can't say Rory should win the way we kind of put it on Rom last week, the way Bob and I both put it on Rom, like, hey, you're the you're the world's best player in this field, and and there's really no one here that should beat you over four days. I'm not going to stretch it that much with Rory, but let me rephrase this probably a way that Bob would phrase it, and the way that I will pose it to you. If Rory McIlroy doesn't contend come Sunday, have an opportunity to win. How big of a fail is that for Rory? Yeah, that's definitely a, a big fail. And, and w- one thing I am looking to see from Rory is his mindset, how that has changed. You know, given at the Masters, he spoke in his press conference openly about how he had to be, f- there was freedom. He, you know, he wasn't playing, there wasn't much pressure on him, as we've discussed many times before. You know, he, like you mentioned, Mark, he was essentially out of the golf tournament and could do whatever he wanted on, on Sunday and was very likely not going to win, obviously shooting 64 coming in solo second. So I, I'm curious if we'll see that freedom. We saw that freedom right around the CJ Cup, which he won after being very emotional at the Ryder Cup. And he was quoted as saying at the CJ Cup before that week saying, I just have to be me. I, I don't have to try to be someone else. Last year, he tried this speed training. He tried to be Bryson DeChambeau, where he doesn't have to be Bryson DeChambeau because he's already one of the great ball strikers on the PGA Tour. But, Mark, you're mentioning in terms of the betting and Bobby Ware, too, and, and how uh, it's, it is similar similar to last week to a degree. Last week, John Rahm was a plus 450 favorite to win the golf tournament. The next favorite, Gary Woodland and a couple guys, were at plus 2,000. This week, Rory McIlroy at this moment right now is plus 750. And right now, Canadian Corey Connors is tied for the second shortest odds to win this week at plus 2,100, along with Matthew Fitzpatrick, Tony Finau. So good for Corey Connors to be up there. And I don't know, Bobby mentioned Rory McIlroy for your edge picks. I don't think I've ever picked Corey Connors on my edge team. I'm going to tell you guys right now, he is going to be on my edge team this week. I think we could see a few Corey Connors because if TPC Avenal behaves the way it has since the Renault, which was about seven years ago, then it's going to speak to guys that hit a lot of greens, that keep it simple from tee to green and give themselves lots of looks. It's not going to be, it's not going to be gouge it as far as you can, hit it as far as you can, throw it on the green and let's have a putting contest. So if that's the case, why not Corey Connors? Because every, every time we play a golf tournament that has a, a conversation like that, he's typically in the top 10 threatening to win the golf tournament. So it makes a lot of sense. Okay. Before we went to break, guys, on hour one, I posed the question to you, gentlemen. The question was, 
if Tiger Woods plays a fairly healthy four rounds of golf at the PGA Championship in a couple of weeks at Southern Hills, then what are the odds in your mind that we could see Tiger Woods show up at Jack's house, at Memorial, a place that he has dominated over his career, as one more event before a U.S. Open that is coming uh, at the country club? Bob, is there any chance in your mind we see Tiger at Memorial? Yeah, I don't think it's a big chance, but I do agree that there's a chance. It'll all come down, I think, in a lot of ways to how he, his body feels after the PGA Championship. You know, I think the reason he hesitated talking to us, as we were mentioning earlier about, not just us, but to the golf world as a, in general, about whether he was going to play the PGA, whether he was going to play the U.S. Open, was to see how he felt, you know, a day, three days, a week, after going through the grind at the, at the Masters. As Scully pointed out, you know, it was cold. It was not conducive to having a bad leg and a bad back. I think that if he comes out of the PGA Championship feeling good about his body, that's a real definite possibility. I'd put it at uh, 40% right now. That's pretty good. I like it. Adam, what scenario could you see this happening, if, if any? What, where do you have it? Bob's got it at 40 I was initially going to say less sort of in the 20% range just to see how his body reacts. And I'm sure he's learned a lot about the way his leg, the way his, his back reacted after the Masters. I'm sure he didn't touch a club for a couple of days because he's probably, as he mentioned, in an ice bath for a couple of days probably uh, getting ready to... Uh, you know, get back into the swing of things. And now watching him, you know, at the his Tiger Jam event in Vegas, those swings we saw with Colin Morikawa watching. Uh, of course, we're dissecting cell phone video because it's Tiger Woods, mm -hmm. why not? <laughs> where, where, you know, some of, some of the video we saw of him at Southern Hills, the swing looks good. So I, I, I still think I'm, I'm pumping the brakes on him playing at the Memorial. I think it's sort of 20, 25%. If you're putting like a Jerry's percentages like they do on Overdrive on on, on this sort of thing. But with Tiger Woods, he keeps he keeps fooling us, right? You know, talking with Faldo and Jim Nance at the Genesis, we thought there's no chance he's playing in the Masters. I mean, for Tiger Woods, sure. I I, I wouldn't be surprised if he plays the Memorial. I still think he's at like a 25%. And quickly, gents, barring a setback, assuming there is not a setback, do the three of us now agree that there is no way he is missing the U.S. Open? He's playing I don't, I think he's playing the U.S. Open. I think that's a give. That's a that's a two foot uphill putt with no break. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Unless, unless of course, you know, we are talking about rehab. We are talking about a leg, a back. Assuming there's not a something that's a step backwards versus a step forward, then I'm with you a thousand percent. Just be curious to see if he adds one more, and who knows? We will see. Time will tell. We'll stay on top of it. On the other side, three dub winners. Weird and what coming up next? This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Experience the iconic Cadillac sedans and SUVs in a personalized live video tour with all your questions answered in real time. Book your tour at Cadillac.live. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. It is Zucchino Scully Weeks. It is that time, the good, the bad, the ugly. We call it winners, weird, and what? Three dub, Bob. 
Tea, sir, is yours. So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball. All right, well, my winner this week takes us out to beautiful Okanagan in British Columbia for, uh, that's the hometown of Megan Oslin, who Monday qualified last week for the LPGA Tour event, the Palo Verde LPGA Championship. And yes, she missed the cut. However, she made it through the Monday qualifying, which is quite something. She's a San Jose State University grad who was on there on a scholarship. But the reason she's my winner... She's a lefty. She's one of the very, very few left-handed women golfers playing professional golf at this moment at an elite level. There are. It's remarkable when you look at the comparison between what's going on in the PGA Tour where you have Robert McIntyre and Brian Harmon. And, I mean, you can go down the list. There's probably six to seven or eight who could play at any point during the week. But there are so very, very few. In fact, the last full-time... LPGA lefty was Angela Buzminski, who's a Canadian, and that was more than a decade ago. Uh, she's now working as a club professional out in California. So I give Megan a big uh, two thumbs up for getting through the championship and playing and representing us lefties. Mark, what do you think as a fellow lefty? <laughs> well, on that I, let's, I mean, of course, Bob. As soon as we see a lefty, we gravitate immediately. <laughs> we gotta, <laughs> we gotta applaud them when, when they win and then when they come through. So that's right, my. Uh, my weird this week is uh, Jesper Parnovic's new look. I don't know if you saw this, guys, over the weekend, but Jesper Parnovic returned to playing golf. It's the first tournament he's played since last September, and he made a pact with himself. He said he wasn't going to cut his hair until he won again on PGA Tour Champions. Um, I mistook him for a homeless man or a guy from someone who, I mean, he looked all scruffy and dirty, and I don't mean that as a bad way uh, for homeless people, obviously. It's not a kind comparison. I should take that back. But he looks like, you know what he looks like? He looks like uh, Tom Hanks in Castaway. His hair is all long. His, he looks scruffy. I don't know what the deal is, but he's, he's gonna, he might have to go a long way unless he starts to play better. This hair could get really long. He doesn't even look like the former Jesper Pernovic. When you, yeah, when you see side by side pictures, I'd, I'd ask people to sort of take a look at them all and, and see what you get there. The pandemic uh, has not been kind to Jesper, Bob. I'm looking at the photo right now. Yeah, and, uh, and I mean, it's not just disheveled. He's aged about 20 years in the last 24 months as well. I don't, I don't know what's going on here, but uh, poor Jesper. So did you think, do you think maybe he, uh, he finally got rid of those tight pants and maybe that's what's happened? Everything's just kind of let loose? Remember he used to yeah, wear the, the very, very thin, thin pants? I, I think so. I mean, like you mentioned, Bob, I, I'd recommend our listeners to you know, go on Twitter, go on Google, and just search Jesper Parnovic, and my eyes are about the size of you know, a baseball right now because, yeah. oh, my God, he looks different. And my what this uh, week is, what, what will people do on a golf course when it just never ceases to amaze me. Here's a story from the great strait of Florida, uh, Florida man, of course, in Delray Beach, where 74-year-old Robert Levine is under arrest for attempted first-degree murder for shooting a guy, 64-year-old Herbert Merritt, in the ankle after he found Merritt walking his dog along the 15th hole of the Kings Point Golf Club just before 7 o'clock. Apparently, he did, took offense to the fact that this guy was walking his dog on the golf course, there was a verbal altercation uh, because he had his dog on the golf course. And then he began shooting while Merritt ran away. And it's like, 
I don't understand what is going on with people. Couldn't you just ask them politely to leave? Mark, I don't know. You know, I, you know, reasonable explanation in certain parts of America. That is a reasonable uh, way of reacting to such a situation. <laughs> I have no idea. I got nothing oh for you, Bob. That is bizarre. <laughs> That's I absolutely mean. crazy. I mean, I've, I've seen people who shouldn't be on my golf course from time, but you just sort of say, okay, maybe you could, maybe you could leave, and there's the exit, and they go generally go, but I don't know. Anyway, wow. Mark, the tea is yours. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Well, Bob, uh, our good friend Jerry Fultz pops up in my winner this week. Because <laughs> uh, you know Jerry uh, and Karen as well, two, two very lovely people uh, working for Golf Channel, NBC Golf. And Jerry covers the LPGA Tour. And we always ask our athletes, we want more transparency. We want more honesty. We want more like Rory, where they just tell you what... They think, well, Lydia Ko was in the hunt this week at the LPGA Tour event, and she was kind of, you know, laboring a little on Sunday, looking like she was in some discomfort. So Jerry, after the round, asked Lydia about, hey, she saw he saw Lydia getting an adjustment from, from uh, her chiropractor and getting stretched out mid-round because she was in some discomfort and, you know, uh, is there a back issue we sh- should be concerned about? Is there, is there an injury that you haven't told us about? So let's hear Lydia Coe's answer to Jerry Fultz. You asked for Chris Wicker to come out and give you a little physical therapy as well. Is that a concern moving forward? Um, I hope not. Um, it's that time of the month. I know the ladies watching <laughs> are probably like, yeah, I got you. <laughs> so um, when that happens, um, I my back gets really tight and I'm all twisted. And it's not the first time that Chris has uh, seen me twisted. Um, but it felt a lot better after he came. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Uh, thanks. <laughs> I know you lost for words, Jerry. <laughs> Honesty, it is. <laughs> I love that, Bob. Jerry, you know Jerry better th- than I do. He is a great guy, but to hear him just pause and have nothing to say. <laughs> the best li- line in that whole thing was he just said, "Thanks," <laughs> because you know he couldn't say anything, <laughs> anything wow. to and- get. Listen, that's that's you know something that men obviously don't have to deal with. And I remember interviewing an LPGA player who I won't mention her name, but she said at the start of the year she looked through the calendar and she could tell when that time of month was going to be going, and she'd say, "Oh boy, that's going to be a bad tournament, and that's going to be a bad tournament." So, um, boy, I don't know. I won't say anything more than that. That's but that was the well, story. Well, I, I, Adam, I was going to ask you. You know, I've always suffered with lower back issues. This is something I never even thought about. Maybe this is my challenge. Maybe. (laughs) Oh, no comment. All right. My weird this week, uh, Gary Player, our our absolute favorite, who just, you know, gives us so much. Sometimes uh, horrible things on the first tee at Augusta with him and his son or, you know, Every once in a while, says something cringeworthy. Well, this time, you know, he likes to show off his fitness, likes to talk about beating his age by 20 shots and yada, yada, yada. But someone asked him this week at the Legends event what the key to staying thin was. And he said to, to, to him, Adam, you'll love this. He said, why do you need three meals a day? Stop eating dinner. He said the key to his fitness was never eating dinner. Now... I'm a big dinner guy. Italians love dinner. I mean, you trying to tell me that Gary Player for 50 years has not eaten dinner? Come on. 
Well, you know, we've seen these fad diets out there, you know, intermittent fasting and keto and this, but Gary <laughs> Player is taking this to a whole new level, not eating dinner. That seems weird. Bob, do you eat dinner? Uh, I eat dinner and sometimes <laughs> two dinners, but I will tell you that uh, I have had dinner with Gary Player, so oh, there's a little bit oh. of BS in there, So, right. so unless it's a recent can, development. I guess, about, I guess. Are you okay, calling was, me a liar, Bob? I was, was going to say, how about the champions dinner at Augusta? Does he just sit there and just tell stories? <laughs> yes. More water. More, more water. water. More wine. Yes. Uh, uh, all right. And my what this week, what a hard game we play. You know, we talk about speed training. We talk about improvement. We talk about, you know, path of the golf club, this or that. But. You know, one of the most basic things in the game of golf that you need to be able to do that if you can't do, none of the rest matters. Squaring up the club face. If you can't square up the club face at impact, no matter how hard you're swinging, how fast you're swinging, how good your plane is, how good your path is, how good your transition, weight transfer, all of it, your grip, it can all be useless if you can't square the club face. In a recent golf.com survey and testing with the golf lab, uh, golf laboratories people, they tested an 80-mile-per-hour six-iron. We're not swinging out of our shoes here, guys. An 80-mile-per-hour six-iron. And for every two degrees, think of what two degrees is in club face. For every two degrees at 80 miles an hour, 10 yards offline, open or close. Four degrees, 20 yards offline. The average fairway is 30 to 40 yards wide. And guess what? People aren't swinging their driver at 80 miles an hour. People are swinging their driver 90, 95, 100, 105, 110 and above for the better players on the PGA Tour. Those numbers get magnified the faster you swing it. Bob, it makes me wonder that 2 degrees equals 10 yards at 80 miles an hour, how any of us are actually playing this game. <laughs> I'm surprised I don't put the more, more of my tee shots on the first hole at my club into the parking lot. I can't really... It's, that's amazing. Amazing stats. I mean, it, and it also goes to show you how just how good the guys and the women at the top levels are. 100% and how hard this game is and how hard it is to get better at this game. Okay, Adam, that does it for me. The T is yours, sir. 348. Oh. <laughs> oh, man, that is sweet. Boys, let me tell you, we almost hit 348 a couple times this weekend. Once it gets a little hotter out there, the ball's going to fly a little farther. But yeah, it was pretty windy on Sunday playing golf. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Okay, my winner this week, Scotty Scheffler. So obviously when you win the Masters, you get to do a lot of fun things. And for Scotty Scheffler, he got to throw out the first pitch at a Texas Rangers game last week with the green jacket on. So this actually could have been my winner. This could have been my weird, could have been my what, because, you know, he had the green jacket on, and then he had a jacket and tie on, and then he had a pair of khaki pants on, and I couldn't <laughs> tell if they were running shoes or dress shoes. I mean, you know, first good decision on the golf course always mm. starts in the closet. I know you can match anything with Augusta Green because, hey, you won the Masters, but the, the jacket and tie throwing out the first pitch, Mark, thoughts? Yeah, I don't know about that, Adam. And, you know, it's kind of, it reminds me of, I forget, maybe Bob will remember, but there was a champion that said that you, it might have been Nick Faldo in, in passing, said there's not a Sunday on the PGA Tour more 
that if you have a chance to win, you are more concerned about what you pull out of your closet <laughs> than Master Sunday. Because if you happen to don that green jacket and you pick the wrong color, it is you have to live with those photos for the rest of your life. <laughs> hey, hey, Mike Weir got it. Mike Weir got it right. He didn't throw out a pitch. He just dropped a puck. That's exactly. Right. <laughs> There's not much athleticism involved with dropping the puck, but throwing a ball in front of uh, in a jacket. I don't know. Jacket, and, and the jacket was done up, by the way. <laughs> Ooh. It was, it was. But, you know, good for Scotty Scheffler, and congrats on throwing out the first pitch. Okay, my weird this week, the feud between Grayson Murray and Kevin Na reached new levels this past week at Mexico. So for those who haven't heard this story, uh, early in 2022, a reporter on Sirius, Chantal McCabe, put out a tweet saying, Kevin Na walking in putts does not get old. Grayson Murray replies to this tweet saying, Kevin Na taking three minutes to putt them does get old shots fired so kevin na and grayson murray have this back and forth on twitter and then they actually saw each other in 3d at the mexico open and according to many reports they were in each other's faces there were lots of profanity apparently all the caddies all the players could hear it grayson murray said in a podcast that i would have dropped him if i wouldn't have been fined at all. Kevin Nall is taking the high road saying, I'm moving on from this whole thing. But guys, you know, I'm trying to think the last time we saw guys who were anywhere close to dropping the gloves, if you will, was Keegan Bradley and Miguel Angel Jimenez at the match play a couple of years ago when they got each other's grills. But I don't know. Like, is this, is this good for the game? Is this bad for the game? We saw the whole Kepka DeChambeau thing last year where do they actually like each other? Do they actually hate each other? Who really knows? What do you guys think? I could tell you that uh, I, I don't think I'll pay to watch a match between those two guys as, like we did with DeChambeau yeah. and Brooks Kepka. But listen, there's 156 guys or 144 guys every week out there. They aren't, there aren't, they aren't all going to get along. So this is, totally. there's probably more of this that goes on, but most times they keep it in the locker room as opposed to on Twitter. And I, I wish uh, Grayson nothing uh, uh, but the best. You know, he's coming back from uh, addiction issues and, and things like that. So, you know, wish him nothing but the best. And I know Twitter is an angry place to begin with, which is usually the reason why I kind of stay off of it, other than just to read for news. Uh, I like getting news and staying on top of things, obviously. But I find Grayson's twitter vibe angry and i don't disagree with the kevin Na stuff he's he's a slow guy he's been called out in fact he's kevin Na's called himself out on this as you guys know in the past i find grayson just a little too angry for my cup of tea okay well speaking of angry a lot of the golf world uh, has or in the sports world has been angry at phil mickelson for a lot of things he's done and, and that's where my what is this week we talked a lot about phil on our show over the last six weeks two months but we haven't really seen Phil, have we? But someone posted a video last week on Twitter of Phil swinging and the speed's still there, the recoil's still there. But a couple things I noticed when you really had to zoom into this grainy video. One, have we ever seen Phil Mickelson have a beard? It looks like Phil has a beard. And two, Phil's talking about his diet, you know, before a couple of years ago. He, you know, was going on these six-day fasts and he was getting thin again. Looks like there's been a couple LBs added to Phil Mickelson's frame. Whenever okay, we do see whenever we do see Phil Mickelson play, it's gonna be a bit of a different appearance, I think. I got two words for you, boys. Emotional eating. 
That's what Phil Mickelson's doing. Emotional eating. Very Into those sad. big bags of chips, right? Yeah. That's it. The oh, fall yeah. Both from grace. Yeah. <laughs> All right. On the other side, we'll let you know how you can win some MG3 wedges. We'll put a bow on this week's GTC. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management, was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac. Experience the iconic Cadillac sedans and SUVs in a personalized live video tour with all your questions answered in real time. Book your tour at Cadillac.live. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the all-new Tour 360 fit, while the new direct-injected Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada as we put a bow on today's show. You want a chance at MG3 Wedges? You want a chance at over 30000 in prizing, including a grand prize through the bag, custom fit set of tailor-mades and a trip for two to Casa de Campo? Then you need to be playing 20 weeks of tailor-made. You need to follow Golf Talk Canada at Golf Talk Canada, Twitter and Instagram at TaylorMade Golf Canada, Twitter and Instagram. Tag a friend each week for your chance to win. It's that simple. Over 30,000 in prizing this week. MG3 wedges as 20 weeks of TaylorMade continues. This time next week, we'll be doing Golf Talk Canada Radio. It'll be a, a pre-recorded version from the night before and, and some interviews and whatnot at his, as is Canadian Open Media Day. Bob and Adam will be at Canadian Open Media Day. I will be still... In D.C., as I am off to the Wells Fargo uh, to do PGA Tour Radio play-by-play for the PGA Tour Radio team. So, But we're back here next week, as usual, and uh, and then Golf Talk Canada Television this Wednesday, TSN 4, 1 o'clock, and next Wednesday. And, of course, we're coming up to a PGA Championship week in a couple weeks where we will be doing multiple Golf Talk Canada radios on the Monday and then the Wednesday uh, lead-in as well. Uh, gentlemen, before we wrap up today's show, only about a minute left. The most important question on everybody's mind in the world of golf right now. Everybody who listened over the last two hours, we hadn't touched on it. I saved it for last. Tonight, the Leafs open against the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> I'm extremely nervous. I, I am already have anxiety through my entire body. Bob, do we have a Leafs prediction for this evening? Uh, Leafs are going to win tonight, and they'll win the series in six. Love it. Love it, Bob Weeks. You're making me feel better, Scully. Who you like in tonight? Give me some predictions. Where are we at on this? I'm going to go with a Leafs win tonight. It, I think it's going to be a little high scoring. I'm going 4-3, maybe some overtime involved. Don't really love overtime for getting up early in the morning, but hey, I'm liking overtime. I think the Leafs do it this year. Seven games. I love it. I'll be happy with either one. My nerves can't handle overtime. My nerves can't handle uh, game seven, so uh, I just can't take it. I'm already drinking too much anyway. I don't <laughs> need a Leafs game seven to push me over the edge. Thank you so much for listening. Leafs lunch coming up next. We'll see you this week on TV. Remember, first good decision on the golf course, it always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, 
serving as the foundation for the all-new Tour 360 Fit, while the new direct-injected Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.